welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Poll List. My name is Lex, and each week, me and my buddy Murph are going to get together and talk about something nerdy. Let's jump right in. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Lex, as usual. And I am here with Murph, but Murph's not going to say anything yet because he's not actually here while I'm recording this. Um, yeah, we've, we've both been fighting sickness and work and allergies and all kinds of stuff. So if we sound like crap in this episode, I apologize. We're trying to finish this year off strong, folks. We have a Watchmen episode today. Next week, we're going to do a little Christmas episode. Not very long. I think we're just going to do a quick shout out to everybody and wish them a Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you get down with. And uh, yeah, then we're going to finish. I think that would be our last episode of the year. And then our new episode, January 1st, I believe. I got to check the schedule, but I believe. Uh, we were going to do 20 questions uh, the first episode, but it's so close. Mandalorian ends. We'll have both seen Star Wars. I feel like uh, we should talk about Star Wars. And we should talk about, uh, yeah, just have a whole episode where we, because we've been waiting and wanting to, re- uh, you know, uh, review and give our remarks on The Mandalorian. So we'll just do it all at once. A lot of uh, mixed reviews have been coming in about Star Wars, but we're not going to get into that. We're just going to go see it and we're going to uh, hopefully enjoy it. And we're going to talk to you guys and have a great episode about it. I'm not going to do a bunch of news today um i'm not going to do a bunch of news next week we're just going to coast through these last two episodes and uh yeah i hope you guys are having a great end of your year i hope you got a ton of new year's resolutions that you're going to drop in a few weeks and that's it yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys came back i'm glad you guys are listening if you're not subscribed to us on youtube yet i strongly suggest that you hit me up and ask me for the link once we get to like 100, I think 100 subscribers on there, we can get a personal URL and it'll be easier to direct people that way. So help us get to that first 100. We have a lot of things planned for next year. Weekly videos, almost daily videos, giveaways, things like that. I'm really excited about it. I've been working pretty hard on it for the past few days, just kind of doing some, some uh, not preloaded videos, but yeah, I guess they're preloaded. Just trying to do a few videos before we come out you know, and hit it full force. But that's for another episode. Maybe next week we'll talk more about that, more of the things we have coming out. Um, This week's episode, as I mentioned briefly, is going to be Watchmen themed. So if you're familiar with the series or the comic book or anything, you will know that the Watchmen series, episode nine, just ended last week. Um, I'm going to save my reactions for it for, you know, for later on in the episode. But also... The comic book series Doomsday Clock, which uh, was seemingly introducing the Watchmen universe, you know, it was a, it was a DC comic book, but it's for, you know bringing them together because it was a big battle between Superman and Doctor Manhattan. That was the, the big tease that concluded Wednesday, and so that's what I was waiting on to record this episode because I hadn't read it yet and I wanted to review it so I wanted to read it first and what I actually did is I went back and read all 12 of them I believe there's 12 just to kind of get a full scope on over it so on this episode 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and uh, give you a little summary on each issue. And then I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Maybe some things that you missed. The last issue has a bunch of little stuff crammed into it, including what seems to be a tease for a Marvel DC crossover in the future. Now, it's not to say whether it's near or far, but it is a nice tease. And uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs in that last issue. If you haven't picked it up, definitely check it out. And if you're reading it and you haven't finished it, please stop listening, finish reading it and come back. The same with the show. If you haven't finished the show, stop right here. Hey, we'll see you next time after you get done watching it. Pop back on, listen to the episode and let us know what you think. It's not too late to get your questions in. We have 20 questions, but if you have more, go ahead and uh, drop them and we'll do more. We'll do more than 20. We'll just do whatever we got. Um, Or we'll pick our best ones. I don't know. Whatever we want to do, because 20 is a lot. We did 10 last time and it ran for like an hour and a half. (laughs) So we'll see what we're going to do. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm not going to edit this one. I'm not going to edit next week. We're just going to finish this year strong. We're going to start off next year with... uh, a little bit more production value and uh yeah with that said let's jump in to talk about doomsday clock i don't even know if i said doomsday clock at all i think i just kept talking about the watchman book it's called doomsday clock doomsday clock and we're going to talk about that right now All right, so Doomsday Clock is the finale of the story that was established in DC Rebirth, officially concluding the New 52 saga. The comic features the concept of the multiverse, where the Watchmen universe exists separately from the DC universe, and each universe's characters treat the other universe's characters as fictional, which I thought was pretty cool. That's kind of one of the things that pulled me into it, and... Yeah, yeah. So in the Watchmen universe, seven years after the massacre in New York City, the details inside Warsatch's Warsatch's journal have been published, exposing Ozymandias, uh, how he orchestrated this entire event with this, you know, the giant squid. Now he's a fugitive. Uh, He gathers a few other people. I can't even remember these. It's like two mimes. They're actually pretty cool characters. Yeah, they gathers them, a new Warsatch, and I think it's just those... He has like this weird cat that can navigate the multiverse, I guess, or other universes. Don't. Uh, it was weird. I need to. Go, I need to read it again. I know I just read it, but yeah, that's not important. But they're trying to find Doctor Manhattan and bring him back to save the world. Meanwhile, in the DC universe, during present day, the Superman theory, uh, it, which is a conspiracy that is a conspiracy theory that accuses the federal government of the United States for of creating its own metahumans and that's created like an international conflict which is causing an arms race and various governments around the world are recruiting metahumans and creating sanctioned super teams as characters from both as characters from both of the universes meet each other most of them try to find manhattan for different reasons leading them to discover mysteries and revelations they have not been aware of so it's pretty cool. Uh, again, that, that's just the premise of it. There's a lot more to go into it. Um, what are those characters' names? Mime and Marinette. That's cool. Yeah, those are the characters. So uh, Doomsday Clock features characters from Watchmen and DC. 
or in the DC universe, like the main prime universe. But it also includes a few exclusive characters, such as Reggie Long. He's the son of Malcolm, Malcolm Long, who becomes the successor to Rorsatch. Mime and Marinette was those the people I was talking about a second ago. They're a married com- couple. Um, they're criminals. They're searching for their missing son. Um, Boobastis 2 is a clone of the original Boobastis. Boobastis. Weird, weird name. I don't know. Other returning characters include the comedian, Dr. Manhattan, Mothman, Ozzy Diaz. Uh, who else do we got in there? Off the top of my head. Alfred. He's in it. He's always in there. Batman, Black Adam, Firestorm, Johnny Thunder. I love that character. Joker, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, uh, Saturn Girl. I'm not even thinking. Okay, I need to stop thinking about the last issue. Superman, Wonder Woman. It's a lot going on. 12 issues. It, it ran from, ooh, man, I need to look that up. Sorry, folks, I was ill-prepared. It ran from November 22nd. 2017 to December 18th this week 2019 12 issues is written by Jeff Johns Gary Frank drew it uh it it was great the art was amazing I love the way that uh Gary Frank draws Superman kind of looks like for me it reminds me a lot of Christopher Reeves his face okay wow that's loud Christopher Reeves and that he has the same facial structure as him. So I, I really like his Superman. He's not like the big, huge, beefy Superman, but he is big. So it's a good book. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a quick summary of these 12 issues. So if you're interested in, in this story at all, hang in there. If not, just fast forward a few minutes and you're going to get to this review of the show, The Watchmen. Issue 1, That Annihilated Place. On November 22, 1992, seven years after the massacre in New York City, Adrian Veidt's plan for world peace has failed after the details of Walter Kovac's journal were published. Walter Kovac was Warsatch, if you don't remember his name. Consequently, uh, Veidt has become a fugitive. And the U.S. stands on on the brink of war with Russia. As preparations for nuclear war begin, a new Rorschach breaks into prison to retrieve Marcos Mays and Erica Manson, which is, as you probably guessed, the uh, mime and marinette, like I mentioned before. Rorschach takes them to his partner, Vite, who is dying from a terminal disease. Vite offers the couple the location of their son and $200 million if they help him locate his former colleague, Dr. Manhattan. Meanwhile, in another universe, Clark Kent has a nightmare about the night his parents died in a car crash. Clark's wife, Lois, wakes him as she cannot remember the last time that he had a nightmare. Superman doesn't have nightmares. He probably doesn't dream. He's a freaky, weird alien. Seven years ago, the New Frontiersmen revealed details about Veidt's main role in the New York City massacre, but it was ignored. Over time, Robert Redford, the famous actor... Uh, ordered reopening the case after he became the president of the United States. That's issue one. We're just going to roll through these. I'm not going to talk too much about them because that's just the summary. That's everything you need to know. That's just the hot takes. Let's jump over to issue number two. Issue number two. Places we have never known. Marionette. Jesus. 
joins Mime, Orsatch, and Vite aboard the Owl ship, which is Night Owl's ship, which is a weird-looking ship. I've, ne- I've never understood it, but it, it's cool. Just as nuclear war has begun... Marionette joins Mime, Warsatch, and Vite aboard the Owl ship. Yes, that cool, weird-looking ship that Night Owl once used. Just as nuclear war between the countries commences, Vite activates a machine that transports the Owl ship to the most recent location of Dr. Manhattan's electron particles. That was a lot. After crashing into an abandoned fairground and cuffing Marionette and Mime, Vite and Warsatch go to explore Gotham City. Noting the differences between the universes. After conducting, after conducting research at a local library, Vite discovers that this Earth is going through its own political crisis due to the Superman theory, which we talked earlier about. And it, the Superman theory is putting the United States at odds against Russia and Markovia. Additionally, public opinion has turned against Batman, while Wayne Enterprises is under threat of a takeover from LexCorp. Looking for allies in their search for Manhattan, Warsatch conf- confronts Batman in the Batcave, while Vite confronts Lex Luthor. Now, this is what really piqued my interest on this story. Um, it was, these are just both cool moments, and they're happening at the same time. Vite and Luthor are attacked by a seemingly resurrected Edward Blake, which if you don't know who Edward Blake is, he is the comedian from The Watchmen. While Mime and Marionette escape the Owl ship. Um, various websites talk about the Superman theory and how it accuses the U.S. government of creating its own metahumans in order to expand dominion across, around the world, which we talked briefly about that earlier. This issue ends in such a cool way because uh, Super Batman's just entertaining Warsatch. Warsatch, this Warsatch is is a crazy like a Kovac, but he he rambles a little more. And it's kind of like you don't even know what he's talking about. Like the reader does because it has an inner his inner monologue is is coherent, but what he's spitting out is nonsense. And it's funny because Batman's entertaining him. You know, this Force Edge finds his way into the Batcave. Batman's listening to him. He reads this crazy man's diary. He lets him shower, and then he entertains the idea of going on this chase. And so they they're going around or they're not going around they go to this one location where batman makes it seem like he knows where dr manhattan is and he basically locks warsatch up in arkham very cool very cool ending to that it really pulled me in and uh, i knew that i was going to keep up with this book issue number three not victory nor defeat in a flashback, it is revealed that Manhattan intervened and invites murder of the comedian and transported him into Metropolis. Different universe, different place completely. In the present, Vite has a brief fight with the comedian, but is badly injured while escaping. Meanwhile, Warsatch tries to convince Batman to help him locate the pre- uh, Manhattan, like I mentioned a second ago, but give him to, he gives him Kovac's journal and... And then he he locks him up. In a retirement home, the elderly Johnny Thunder stares out the window during a thunderstorm while waiting for his family to take him out to dinner. But they never arrive. Elsewhere, Marionette and the Mime explore Gotham 
and stumble into a bar in Joker's territory, killing several of his men. Mimes are pretty cool. He, he, again, he mimes all these things. Like, he'll mime like he has a gun in his hand, and then all of a sudden, he'll shoot it, and it shoots like a real gun. Pretty cool. After drinking a toast to finding their son, they decide to go in search of Joker. Um... Yeah, what else do I got for this episode? Basically, he gets uh, our issue. I guess this is the issue that he locks him up in Arkham. I guess I was just connecting those two because I just read them back to back. But yeah, uh, Edge discovers that Batman has tricked him and he is locked in Arkham. And he's, Batman tells him that he belongs there. So there it is. Pretty pretty good pretty good issue. Um, one other thing that I noticed in this one is old newspapers report the murder of Carver Coleman, a noir film actor who played the character Nathaniel Dusk. Bum, bum, bum. Issue number four, Walk on Water. While incarcerated at Arkham, Warsash recalls his past as Reggie Long, the son of Malcolm Long. If you don't know who Malcolm Long is, Malcolm was the psychologist that was tasked with basically trying to figure out what was going on with Warsash after he gets arrested. Shortly after the New York massacre, he met Byron Lewis in an asylum who taught Reggie some fighting moves. Shortly after Veidt's crimes were exposed, Reggie escaped the asylum and traveled to Veidt's retreat in Antarctica to exact revenge. However, Reggie decided to spare Veidt uh, when he showed remorse. In the present, Reggie is evaluated by Batman under the disguise of a therapist. Irma Ardeen frees Reggie and they escape Arkham. Issue number five, there is no God. Lois and Clark agree that someone is behind the Superman theory, which has triggered an international metahumans arms race, leading the United Kingdom, France, Markovia, Russia, Israel, India, and China to establish their own superhero teams. Vite escapes from the hospital that he's at and returns to the Alship where he's confronted by Batman. The two end up having to flee from the Gotham police and they argue over how their respective heroes treated their world. Despite believing that Manhattan came to the DC Universe because of its hero's simplistic pulp hero morality. Batman falls out of the Owlship and into a riding mob. Somewhere else, Lois Lane confronts Lex Luthor, who denies being behind the Superman theory, but who claims that a metahuman and former member of the Justice League created metahumans for the government. With the comedian hot on their trail, Mom and Marionette locate Joker, who at the same time has a, be- a beaten Batman delivered to him. Johnny travels to Pittsburgh to locate Alan Scott's Green Lantern at a ruined steel factory. He is saved from thugs by Saturn Girl and Warsatch, who are searching for Manhattan. Meanwhile, Black Adam offers asylum to every metahuman that was rejected by their respective governments. That's the Dwayne The Rock Johnson for y'all. Doing his thing. Saving people. Issue number six, Truly Laugh. I'm just going to, I'm doing the highlights of these episodes if you haven't noticed by now. So I hope you're hanging out. I hope you're getting uh, some information from this. Joker leads Marionette and Mom to a secret meeting of the supervillain community, which is headed up by the Riddler. The villains discuss the ongoing Superman theory when tensions rise over Black Adam's invitation to contact. Typhoon and Moonbar are accused of being government stooges, 
when suddenly the comedian appears and attacks the villain's shooting typhoon. Mom and Marionette escape with the Joker. The next morning, the comedian confronts them before being jo- joy buzzed by the Joker. You know, the old buzzer in the hand trick. The Metahuman's arms race continues to grow with Iran, Japan, and Australia creating their own super teams. At the Department of Metahuman Affairs, the rumors surrounding Typhoon and Moonball are revealed to be true, and the director orders Typhoon's body to be retrieved for study. Issue number seven, Blind Spot. Light uses his pet lynx, Bubustus II, which is a clone of the original Bubustus that contains a sliver of Manhattan's power, which explains a whole lot. And the Lantern Battery to teleport himself, Warsatch II, Saturn Girl, and Johnny Thunder to Joker's Funhouse, and they summon Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan reveals that Marinette is again pregnant and that Vite faked his own his remorse and cancer to gain the, uh, Reggie's help. Reggie is the new Warsatch. Vite then reveals that Kovacs changed Malcolm Long's worldview, and Malcolm Long was the psychiatrist that was supposed to help the original uh, Warsatch. And since his worldview changed, it led to his separation from his wife. It was a secret that Byron Lewis tried to hide to protect Reggie. Dr. Manhattan reveals that he came to the DC Universe to look for a place in the world, but saw nothing as he peered into the future. Reggie attacks Vite and takes off his Rorschach mask. Vite returns to the Owl ship saying that he has a plan to save the world. Mom and Marionette leave with the comedian and the lantern battery. Around the world, teams of metahumans carry out missions on the behalf of their governments. Superman seems to be the only hero that is allowed to travel internationally as his heroics speak for themselves. He's Superman. Everybody loves him. Black Adam attacks Israel, escalating global tensions. Manhattan returns to Mars and reflects on a vision he had of Superman attacking him one month into the future that results in the end of everything. We also get a glimpse at Vite's files that show how Bubastis 2 was created, and that's pretty cool. Issue number eight, Save Humanity. After breaking into the Oval Office, Ozymandias leaves with some files. A confrontation between Firestorm and Pozar in Russia becomes an international incident when Firestorm accidentally turns a crowd of civilians into glass. What a dumbass. I feel like Firestorm has the ability to change the molecular molecular structure of anything. And I feel like he's always messing up. He needs to stop. Just stop being a superhero. At the Daily Planet, Lois finds a flash drive which shows footage of the Justice Society of America, which is a team she's never even heard of. After finding Firestorm at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Chernobyl, Ukraine, Superman helps him restore a young boy to normal and heads to Moscow, where Vladimir Putin is declaring war on the United States. When the Russian soldiers open fire on Firestorm, that was hard to say, many of the glass victims are shattered. The people's heroes proceed to fight Superman and Wildstorm when an energy spike is detected. Batman detects that the energies are similar to Manhattan's and realizes that he is the real culprit behind the people turning into glass. A massive explosion consumes Superman and Firestorm, downs the Batwing, and knocks out all of the world's technologies. Vite is shown shown watching the events in Moscow from an undisclosed Russian location with a Russian military uniform on.
Issue number nine, Crisis. Examining a Legion ring that once belonged to Feralad, Dr. Manhattan is confronted by most of Earth's superheroes who have tracked the energy spike from the Moscow explosion to Mars. Guy Gardner, obviously, is one of the best Green Lanterns, leads everyone in attacking Dr. Manhattan after Martian Manhunter broadcasts the vision that he had of his future encounter with Superman. Dr. Manhattan transports Firestorm seven years into the past where Ronnie learns that Martin Stein deliberately caused the Firestorm experiment in order to learn more about metahumans. During the fight, Dr. Manhattan dissects Guy Gardner's power ring and analyzes the magic attacks used by the Justice League Dark. Despite Captain Matt Adam disintegrating Manhattan, he reforms himself and takes out all the heroes in an instant. At the Hall of Justice, Lois Lane watches over a recovering Superman while protesters have gathered outside following the events in Mo- Moscow. Lex Luthor then confronts Lois Lane and reveals he sent her the flash drive as proof that someone is undermining all of creation, which he also mentions Wally West's, his- Wally West is history as an example. Wonder Woman comes out of hiding to address the United Nations, hoping to defuse the metahuman arms race. However, the summit is interrupted by Black Adam, Creeper, and Giganta, who take advantage of the absence of the other superheroes to attack the UN. We also see that Stein has written a file about Firestorm, mentioning that he founded the Department of Metahuman Affairs to help, the other med- me- to help other metahumans like his son, who died because he couldn't control his metagene. Issue number 10, Action. Dr. Manhattan remembers arriving in the DC Universe to start over and meeting aspiring actor Carver Coleman, who would later be murdered by his mother, Charlotte, after a failed blackmail attempt over his personal life. He learns that the DC Universe is actually a metaverse that is in a constant state of change, and in turn, the multiverse reacts to the changes in the DC Universe. And I'm talking about Manhattan, not Carver Coleman didn't realize this. (laughs) That'd be weird. Outside forces have been causing Superman's arrival on Earth to constantly shift forward in time, which makes Dr. Manhattan realize that Superman is at the center of the metaverse. When Dr. Manhattan intervened during Flashpoint, creating the New 52, he was warned by Wally West about the incoming consequences. Back in the present, Manhattan spares the defeated heroes, but makes sure that no one, but to make sure that no one intervenes with what happens next, he transports himself from Mars to Earth, which also causes Superman to wake up from his coma. We also get to see, among the evidence of Carver Coleman's death, there was a letter from his mother, which would, was later burnt by his maid to protect his secrets and save his acting career. Issue number 11, A Lifelong Mistake. Lex Luthor tells Lois that he was tracking several several anomalies related to the current timeline. After reading Kovac's journal, Alfred tries to convince Reggie to help him, but the latter refuses and leaves. Mom and Marionette still hold Comedian hostage. Black Adam moves on the White House after the Amazons take Wonder Woman back to Themyscira. Ozymandias reveals to Irma and Johnny that Mom and Marionette's son was adopted by Lori... Jessica Pazek, however you say her last name, she's silver. She's the Silk Spectre, who will have a daughter with Daniel Drillberg, who is Night Owl. He also reveals he leaked the details of Stein's involvement with the Superman, Superman theory to the Russians, and that the Bubusis Two 
caused and that Bubustus too caused the explosion around Firestorm and Superman to frame Dr. Manhattan and to make him confront the other heroes on Mars. Irma is erased from the timeline. At the White House, Superman confronts Black Adam. And in the middle of all these events, Superman finally meets Dr. Manhattan in person. Issue number 12, Discouraged of Man. This is the last issue, came out this week. As several factions are fighting around Washington, D.C., Batman and Alfred convince Reggie to become Rorschach once more. After a talk with Superman, Dr. Manhattan regains his hope. He reverts his actions, restoring the previous timeline and the multiverse, and changes Carver Coleman's future for the better. Luther uses a device to return the comedian to the moment of his death. Stein is arrested for his actions related to the Superman theory. At Dr. Manhattan's request, Mom and Marionette stay in the DC Universe with their unborn daughter, hoping to to reunite them with their son someday in the future. Now in the Watchmen universe, Ozymandias is imprisoned for his crimes while people around the world protest the use of nuclear weapons. Reggie is still operating as Warsatch while thanking Lewis and forgiving Kovacs. Manhattan raises Mime and Marionette's son as his own, naming him Clark Osterman and transferring his powers to him and his life force into the destroyed planet. That Clark is sent to the Hollis home where he is adopted by Dan and Lori. Night Owl and Silk Spectre. Alright guys, I apologize if you're not really a comic book fan. That was my streamlined bullet points of the 12 issue series Doomsday Clock. Uh, if you were, I missed Wednesday pull this, I would feel bad if I didn't do some comic book talk. And it's a Watchmen episode, so let's do both. Now, if you're stuck around this long, thank you. We're going to jump in to me and Murph's review on the Watchmen HBO series. But first, that last issue of Doomsday Clock was so packed. And the ending of it, uh, not only did it kind of set things right, but it also teased some upcoming events. Who knows? Maybe a decade from now, maybe a few years from now. But it's really interesting that they're planning this far ahead or at least putting teasers out that they could potentially use in the future. So as we know, Dr. Manhattan has set things right in the DC Universe, allowing the return of the Justice Society, the Legion of Superheroes, and others that were absent in in DC's New 52 era. So we knew that a lot of these characters weren't there because Dr. Manhattan manipulated the DC history, preventing Alan Scott from becoming the first Green Lantern. That one thing prevented the formation of the JSA, it prevented Clark Kent being Superboy ever, and uh, it should have, you know stopped the legion from ever being created so but i mean all those things are fixed now for now so let's talk about some of the things that they tease 2020 which is the year coming up uh, is the return of the old gods dr manhattan basically says um in the year 2020 superman's timeline is going to be bombarded uh, by reckless energies of the old gods once again warping the metaverse the old gods that he's referencing are probably the old gods who have been imprisoned on the source wall, which was the barrier that once stood on the edges of the multiverse. But if you read Dark uh, Knight's Metal, then you know that the source wall was ruptured. I'm not going to go into Dark Knight's Metal because that's a whole nother big epic comic book series. We're not going to touch it. 
So I'm interested to see what that means. Some of the old gods coming back, maybe has something to do with the source wall either being repaired. I know they had the, the series called the Omega Titans where their main task was rebuilding the source wall at any expense. Again, I'm not going to get into that series either. But I will be expand. I do like these big space stories. I'm sure it'll tie into Green Lantern. I'm sure it'll tie into Superman. He's the source or he's the main character, I guess, of the whole creation of comic books revolve around. What else do we got? 2025, which is five years from now. What did he say about that? He said a crisis unlike any the uh, metaverse has ever seen. One they will call Time Masters. I don't, I don't know what that means. He then goes on to say that the particular crisis will revitalize Superman and his greatest allies return. Yeah, I guess that's January 2026. The timeline will be restored, is what he said. It was very cryptic. A lot of this stuff, there's a lot to unpack. A lot of things you could assume from it, and that's probably why they did it. Um, But who knows? Maybe Superman's gone within the next five years. Maybe something happens. Well, there is... uh, 2026 they have the crisis on earth 5g 5g is born and they've been teasing it for a while i guess it's going to be like the next generation of superhero like the fifth generation i assume and maybe that ties into maybe someone else takes the mantle of superman for a while and then that superman comes back in 2026 revitalized quote unquote i don't know we'll see but we do know that Luke Fox will be soon taking over the role of Batman. So I assume maybe they'll be doing the same thing for Superman. The one that I wanted to get to, the main one that caught my eye was 2030. It's a decade from now. now there's no way they plan out this far, but maybe they're just kind of throwing it out there saying, hey, we're down to do this. His next reference, his last reference that I paid attention to, I'm going to read it. And if you caught one, you need to hit us up and let us know what I missed. On July 10th, 2030, a secret crisis begins, throwing Superman into a brawl across the universe with Thor himself. And a green behemoth stronger than even Doomsday, who dies protecting Superman from these invaders. Now, you can probably guess what that means. Thor, they said it himself. A green behemoth stronger than Doomsday, obviously, is the Incredible Hulk. So yeah, he just predicted that the Marvel Universe will invade the DC Universe in 10 years. And that the Hulk will die saving Superman from what we could assume is the Mighty Thor. Now, Secret Crisis has been a term used across the fandom over the years, which is a mashup of Marvel's Secret Wars and DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm really excited about this. This is like a basic fanboy thing. And I feel like it's DC's way of saying... Hey man, balls in your court. I've always been a fan of DC uh, Universe and Marvel Universe, their crossover events. I, I've been collecting them for years. I'm still collecting old ones. Uh, Amalgam Universe, where they combine them together. Marvel versus DC, I have all those issues. JLA versus Avengers, I have all of these issues. And I, I've always appreciated when those two big companies can actually work together for fan service. So that was my biggest one, and those are just a few ones that caught my eye. Again, I probably, I probably missed something, but uh, if I did, hit me up. And now we're gonna jump into a review of HBO's The Watchmen. We'll see what Murph thought about it. We'll see what I thought about it, and uh, yeah, I'd like to hear what you guys think about it.
Uh, yeah, but there's not going to be a review right here for now. If you're listening to this as soon as I drop it, this is going to be kind of a filler moment. Murph, his voice is shot. We couldn't record his uh, his review, so we're going to try again in a few hours after he has a chance to heal up. I'm not going to talk too much about... I'm not going to say anything about the review. I enjoyed the show. That's as much as I'm going to say. Uh, you might not even catch this at all. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being here. I will do a, an outro with, <laughs> with Merv whenever we get that recorded. But I wanted to drop this episode because we took a little longer. I did read... You know, it took time to read... Um, the last issue of Doomsday Glock and make some notes. I also have been making some notes on Watchmen, which I'm going to probably make some extra notes for when me and Murph can sit down in a few hours and talk about this. But if you're catching the episode right now, thank you so much for listening as soon as we drop it. And some of you will not even hear this, so it's okay. This is a filler. Thank you for listening again, and we will see you guys next week. But I'm going to be back in a few hours to delete this and slot in me and first actual review. So thanks for listening, guys. And if uh, you do hear this, come back tomorrow. Come back in a few hours to listen to what Murph and I have to say about the Watchmen HBO series. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, I wanted to take another quick second and say thank you for stopping by and listening to me and Murph's nonsense. If you really want to support the podcast, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it on your story. Tag us and we'll repost it. See you guys next week.